TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the exclusive radio home of the Chicago Bulls. Sports Radio 670 The Score. And on the Odyssey app. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. Live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score. So I found him to be a really giving guy. You know him to be that because you work with him and and I think everybody sees him that way. That's who he is. That's why Pat Hughes loves him and calls him his favorite partner ever, right? Why they've never had a crossword in all these years working together. Um, it takes two, but, you know, but, but Ronnie is clearly, he's that way. And not that I, you know, not that I don't think he could get his, his uh, backup, you know, if, if so, I mean, I think he's got that side of him too. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a competitive dude and a tough guy. Uh, but he's a nice man, yeah. and, and I sure appreciate that. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. Had a lot of fun in the first hour. Thanks for joining us for the, for the wrap-up and taking us down the home stretches. Ron Coomer, that was uh, the voice of Steve Greenberg from the Sun-Times. who wrote a profile on Coom earlier this summer. Great piece in the Sun-Times, and Ron Coomer joins us now in the Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, hotline home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Coom. How are you? Good morning, boys. How are we doing today? I'm doing, doing well. You know, listening to the show, it's great. It's uh, We're still talking baseball, so that's a positive, right? Well, we're going to get to the playoffs. We have a lot of stuff to cover in terms of the Cubs' offseason plans and your thoughts on that. But I wanted to start with reminiscing a little bit. Jim Hendry was great to talk to Jim, and he was somebody whose tenure overlapped yours as a player. And I just wondered when you heard Jim Hendry talking about the good old days, what came to mind? I know Andy McPhail was in charge, and Jim was still in the front office when you came uh, and spent your time with the Cubs. But uh, what do you remember about uh, Jim Hendry? Well, I, I remember Jimmy, you know, he, he took over for Andy. So Andy did the signing of guys going into the uh, 01 season. And then Jim took over once the season began. I think Andy kind of passed the baton to Jim, if I have that correct. You guys would probably know that date probably better than me. Uh, but um, it was pretty seamless. Those two worked pretty well together. I thought Andy became the president. And Jim kind of took over the day-to-day operations of what was going on on the field and dealing with players. But um, uh, it was good. It was it was fine. You know, I, I was a little upset um, at the end of it that I didn't re-up with the Cubs. I thought that was going to be, you know, when Andy and I talked, that was going to be a no-brainer. The Cubs, you know, we, we lost down the stretch. And when you lose, 
you know, like a lot of the Cubs teams had done, changes get made, and that's what happened. I ended up going to New York the next year. But um, at the end of the day, you know, between McPhail uh, and Jim Hendry, uh, I got no complaints. They, you know, I got to come back home and play. And I, I'll say this, Jim Hendry was very influential um, in me coming to Chicago just because of community friends that we had in our game. And, uh, you know, I'll always be grateful for that because, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do since I've been a little kid. And, you know, they made it work. What I remember about 2001, Coom, is Preston Wilson hitting a home run uh, in Florida with you guys having a 2-1 lead in the ninth, a walk-off homer with a man on, and Tom Gordon throwing his last pitch as a, as a Cub uh, getting hurt on uh, not only physically but emotionally after that walk-off. Yeah. That was pretty much that pretty much ended your your season right there because you guys were in the hunt right up to that point. Yeah, we were, Bruce. As you know, we were one of those teams. I think we were in first place for three or four months, or teetering back and forth with the Mets, or not the Mets, but the Cardinals, back and forth. And um, you know, we made some trades at the deadline really kind of changed our team up quite a bit, but, you know, and then flash going down, you know, then it was tough, right. Then you're kind of piecemealing things. And um, we had some guys and guys break down, as I said, and um, it was unfortunate because, you know, we all wanted to be that team that the 2016 Cubs were, you know, and to be quite honest, I signed coming to Chicago, hoping I'd retire there as a player and with a chance to try to be one of those teams that won a world series. Yeah, it worked out pretty good though. All, all in all, it worked out. Here, here you yeah. are. Yeah, my seat's pretty good. Are. Yeah, I, I got no complaints. Be quite <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, I, I ended up with the Yankees the next year, then the Dodgers the year after that, and um, I've been broadcasting now. This will, you know, since 2004, and um, my seat next to Pat is, is uh, I don't want to say you're ever comfortable in our game. But, boy, I'm I'm sure not looking um, out there on the job market, I'll tell you that. I am very happy sitting where I'm sitting um, at Wrigley Field next to Pat. So, Coom, we've heard from Jed Hoyer about the offseason plans and the ambition for the Cubs. We heard from Carter Hawkins on this program about how the approach will be slightly more aggressive, intelligent spending. That is the buzzword, the catchphrase, if you will. In terms of priorities, from a baseball perspective, forget about the budget for a moment. If you had to look at what the Cubs are capable of accomplishing this offseason and what you feel like as an analyst they need to start with, what would your priority list look like? My priority list is going to surprise most people, I think, um, because I was a position player. But I would say, um, I would say starting pitching, to be quite honest with you. I think you win or lose um, or get this rebuild off and running the right direction by what you do on the mound. And I feel like if you, if, if you can land a couple frontline starting pitchers and you may have one already in your organization, which is fine. But when you, when you do that part of the game really well, David, um, the other stuff starts falling into place. And I think there's players out there in the free agent market position player wise that fit what the Cubs need. But boy, if you throw a star frontline number one starter into that rotation um, and we saw that with the Cubs, 
um, in 16, signing in 15. Um, those things, boy, they, they, the ripple effect is outstanding. And I, I would start there, and that would be my, what I would look for first. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting premise, Kuma. We're talking to Ron Coomer on the score, 670thescore.com. Uh, every Saturday, David Haw and I talking baseball on inside the clubhouse. And Kuma, the, the premise is that uh, a guy like Joe Musgrove, who's going to be a free agent uh, right. this offseason, you know, is, could he be could he be your next uh, you know next guy to to be that that big step? I, I'm not saying it's going to be John Lester and 155 million, but uh, trying to identify whether Hendricks is coming back as the guy that he's always been, and with Stroman with only a year left on a contract before uh, he's eligible to uh, step away as a free agent if he wants to. Uh, you, you're probably right. You probably need some of that, that veteran pitching to go along with Steele and Thompson and the other guys that are coming along. Well, I, I always think when in knowing um, Kyle Hendricks the way I do and, and his work ethic and the way I, I look at him and go, he'll be back. And it would not surprise me if he's better than the Kyle Hendricks we saw over the last year or so. He's got to spend a lot of time, um, getting his body back and his shoulder back in shape um, to pitch. He's a very smart guy. He's been down in Phoenix for a long time, getting himself prepared. So I look at him and I go, check, he's good. Um, Unless he has a major setback injury-wise, I look at Kyle and think, we've got that spot covered. Um, You know, when you look at Steele, so then you got Stroman also, who you know what you're going to get from Stroh is what you got this year. Um, and then you start looking at some of the younger guys and, and what you got, and, you know, it, it's pretty good, right? I mean, you got some guys that are good. But can you, if you throw in that frontline guy in front of everybody, now what it does is it deepens your bullpen, right? So now you can take one of those young guys and send them down to the seventh or eighth inning, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, we got another big arm that can come in. We saw that right um, at the end of the year. So to me, that's where you start. The, the next step though, to obviously the, the shortstop position is the spot where the, all the free agents coming out are getting all the publicity in that. Uh, but when you look at those guys, there are a few of them that aren't going to make massive dollars and you already have a shortstop. I would pick out the guy, if you're not going to spend the elite money like Turner's going to get, right? Um, the guy that fits what you're looking for. To me, what you're looking for is out of a middle infielder, you're looking for defense. You're looking for the ability to put the ball in play. And, boy, if you could get a guy that can, you know, spray the ball around the field and be a slashing type hitter, you know, I, I, the term being a 300 hitter, you know, we just don't use that anymore. But <laughs> if you get a guy that can do that, heaven forbid, we'd have a few of those on a team, on any team in the big leagues. Boy, I'll tell you what, it just makes it very difficult for the opposing team when you have those types of hitters on your club. And, boy, if you have a couple, say you sign one of them and you can move them around the field, whether it be second or third, and keep Horner that short or move Horner if that's, you know, what, what you – 
the best, you know, you start you start adding up those guys. That, that you're real athletic and you, you're offensive. And guys, I uh, misspoke. Uh, he signed uh, Musgrove to a five-year extension in the late summer, so that's off the charts. But certainly, uh, any of the uh, the veteran free agents that you see out there pitching wise might be uh, on the uh, might be on the radar of the Chicago Cubs. As well as Coom, I know you probably aren't an expert on Japanese baseball, but the name that Cub fans might want to get familiar with is is Kodai Senga, who is a pitcher in Fukuoka, Japan, and has been on the radar of the Cubs, and he has opted out of his contract, 30-year-old right-hander, I believe. Do you know much about that possibility, Coom? And do you what do you think in general about relying on guys? They have a good success rate. I mean, Suzuki came over, and he made an impact immediately uh, of going that route and, and expecting big things early. I, I don't mind it at all. I, I'm not opposed one bit of, of international players coming here and playing. I think um, that league in particular in Japan is is excellent league when you watch it. I was very close to playing over there years ago, so I got very in tune with what they did. I, I'll say this, too. I'll take it another step. I And this has nothing to do with who the Cubs signed last year with Suzuki. I think it's an easier transition for a pitcher to come to the United States than a hitter to come to the United States. That's to me. I think if a guy is dominant pitcher there, he's going to be a very good pitcher or dominant pitcher here. The hitters on the other hand, because the game is so much different, I think is, is it takes longer and I, you know, it's just a, a more difficult transition. That's the voice of Ron Coomer. He is your Cubs analyst on all the games that you hear on the score. 162 along with the great Pat Hughes. They do a terrific job every single day. And we won't leave a Zach Zaidman out of that mix either because <laughs> he's an essential part of that broadcast as well. He's doing bad uh, now. He's out. <laughs> <laughs> Coom, when you when you look at the 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 playoffs here right now, what what are some of the things that jump out at you? I, I know personally, uh, you know, I, I just uh, am astounded by the how a pitching continues to dominate uh, in all these series, and how uh, how teams are still waiting for the the home run ball to make a difference. I think the Yankees are, are still sitting there tonight, down two games to none to a great Houston team that's a great pitching team as well. Well, a few things. Let's talk about the offensive side. That's my, you know, where I look at the game and was an offensive player. I believe that our, our game now, and the Yankees being one of the perfect examples, is a product of what you've built, right? You're a product of, of how you teach. You're a product of, of what you spend your money towards. And you're a product of, of how you want guys to go about their bats. And as I've said many, many times on the air during the season, if you have everybody in your lineup, you know, swinging, you know, the launch angle swing and trying to elevate the baseball all the time, the better the pitching gets, the worse your offense is going to be. You're going to hit some home runs, but when the pitching gets better, you're going to, you're going to struggle and you're, you're, your situational hitting is going to struggle. You're going to hit less home runs. You're going to score less runs. Um, 
and you're gonna you're gonna hope to square up a couple balls to win a game out of all your at bats out of your your 27 outs. So um, we're seeing that that's become difficult. On the flip side of that, you look at the teams that are doing okay. The Philadelphia Phillies star player is playing like a star, right? Um, he yep. is doing his job in this series. When you watch the series he's playing in now, how did he start off the series with his offensive approach? He took the best pitchers and shot the ball the other way, and so did the Phillies in game one. They get all the hits the other way, and all of a sudden they started creating offense without trying to elevate balls out of the park. And now Harper's hit a home run or two, but that's not the only way they've scored. So it's Schwartz, right? But you're looking at balls hit the other way. You're looking at guys looking to bunt. You're looking to take advantage of shifting defenses. And what that does is it, it gets your timing and your, and your approach at the plate even that much better. And then you get a guy as talented as, as Harper, and now he's, he's spraying the ball all over the field, and you make a mistake, and he's going to hit you in the upper deck. Coom, before we let you go, the X-Cub factor is big in this Final Four. You have Dusty going way back, yeah. managing the Astros. You've got Rizzo on the Yankees. you got Darvish on the Padres. But the hardest one to watch is Schwarber. When Schwarber hits these homers a 488 feet and he leads off with another one, my goodness, the sense of regret you must have watching him do what he did because the other exits you can justify. You can understand. It was time. Kyle Schwarber was given away. He was pushed away. They couldn't afford yeah. him, and now look at him. Isn't that hard to watch? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> for all of us, all of us hitters that that you know studied hitting, we've hit in the league. Uh, we talk hitting when we're all together. Um, looking at Kyle Schwarber when he came in the league, I've always felt, and I I know I've said this to Bruce, and I've probably said this to you too, David, through the years. I thought he was the best hitting prospect the Cubs had and was one of the best hitting prospects in baseball. And he sprayed the ball around the field with power and the teaching of the time, um, not just by the Cubs, but by everybody is hit the ball up and launch angle and pull, pull, pull. And so his, his ability to hit for average has gone down, but still, he's still a talented enough guy to where he leads the league in home runs. Um, He's, it's tough to watch. Is right, yeah, because he he should be wearing a Cubs uniform and yeah. you know hitting 280 and still hitting 40 home runs and being like you know Superman, you know. I and mean, he's close to that now. But how about the great irony of Joe Madden made him into a leadoff man because the Cubs couldn't find a leadoff man, and he was so bad at it that he not only was taken out of that position, but he had to go to the minor leagues, okay? He yeah. went back to the minor leagues and uh, came back a better player for it. I remember him leaving the day that he was sent down and going locker to locker, telling everybody, hey, uh, don't feel bad for me. I'm going down there. I'm working on it. I'm coming back. I'm going to help you guys win. Uh, th the makeup of the guy uh, it was so unbelievable to go along with all that, that, um, you know, I, I, again, Jed Hoyer's done a lot of terrific things uh, here as a general manager and now as president of the Cubs. Uh, that's one that's, that's going to hurt for a long time, uh, letting him go. Yeah, but, you know, in, 
that was that was something that was festering for a long time with Schwarbs. They weren't liking the strikeout. They weren't liking him taking a lot of third strikes right. back then, if you remember. But, you know, you, you can't – this is not for just Schwarber. This is the whole league. You're asking guys to take a lot and take pitches and walk, but yet don't take third strike all the time. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too in the league, right? If you're going to tell a guy you walk, 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 well, guess what? Those pitches are close to the corners of the plate, and you're depending on a home plate umpire not raising his right arm. I look at a guy like Kyle Schwarber, and I go, boy, if his bat's in motion, he's dangerous, right? Right. I I like that. You know, he's not dangerous on the bases, but, boy, that bat's dangerous. And if it's sitting on his shoulder, it's not dangerous. Him swinging is a good thing for any team he's on. Um, It's just I thought the approach and some of the thinking um, needed to be adjusted with certain guys, and he's one of them. You're the best, Coom. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to talking to you throughout the offseason. Absolutely. Great show this morning. It got me up. I'm looking out at the, the ocean right now, having my coffee. Oh. You guys talk baseball. <laughs> it's about as good as it gets. Yeah, love it. Thanks. Ron Coomer, Cubs analyst here at The Score. We are lucky to have him in our arsenal, Bruce. Great to talk playoff baseball with Ron Coomer. And you mentioned Joe Madden. He had a lot to say this week, had a great interview with him on the afternoon show when I was filling in. We'll hear some of that because it's time for our one of our favorite segments, Chin Music, when we get back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 70 the score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. It's time for some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out, you don't get killed. 
because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. I happen to think Ozzie Guillen would be a great choice to be the next White Sox manager. There seems to be no interest in Ozzie Guillen to be back in the dugout for whatever reason. Do you understand that? Can you help us understand that here in Chicago? Well, wisdom wisdom, and uh, experience are no longer desired. Um, it's a controllable asset that everybody's looking for. Um, if you really are of your own opinion and uh, you have a, a method and, uh, you know, managers – we're autonomous. Managers ran things. Um, they were in charge of getting their coaching staff, hiring their coaching staff. I've already been contacted by a team about potential hitting coaches that don't even have a manager yet. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was Joe Madden, and the afternoon show interview was filling in with Dan Weeder on Wednesday. Joe Madden, and I asked him directly about Ozzie Guillen at the end of an interview that was very enlightening, Bruce, and very enjoyable, and that was what he had to say, and that was before Ozzie Guillen had scheduled an interview or discussion about the White Sox managerial situation, which will happen next week to get back to our top story today. But, Bruce, I don't know what your reaction was, but Joe Madden is always great to talk to Joe, always love hearing him be as candid as he is, can't help but wonder, though, the more honest he is about what he believes a manager should be. In today's game, I wonder the more he talks, the less likely it is that he returns to the dugout. Ah, but David, who was hired yesterday to be the Texas Rangers manager? Good point. Good point. Bruce Bochy, hired by an ex-player. It will take a special set of circumstances, maybe, but I think... That is a good counter, Bruce. I, I don't know that Bruce Bochy getting hired makes it more likely Joe Madden will, but well, maybe the it, right circumstance will present itself. I think autonomy, when I, when I heard Joe Joe's comments to you guys about autonomy and uh, what Joe think is, is disappearing for managers, I don't think Bruce Bochy is hired or comes in uh, – thinking that he's going to be sitting there with 10 people from your metrics department uh, making out his lineup uh, every day. Now, I could be wrong about that. I know that Bruce is a forward-thinking guy, and he will listen. So would Joe. Joe just set his parameters in a different measure. When he was on with us about a month ago, he said, of course we want metrics. Of course we want to hear from them. Send me an email. Call me on the phone. Do not come into my clubhouse and clutter it up and sit there and let that little spinning wheel on the top of your head, uh, you know, get in the way of going on on what we have to do on a given day to get it done. People think I hate metrics. I do not. I've been involved in thinking about metrics since I was five years old and I picked up my first baseball card, David. That is the beginning of metrics. I would have never learned math in grammar school believe me when i tell you this without the use of numbers and metrics uh, off of baseball cards and baseball things and sports magazines figuring out uh percentages for football players and for quarterbacks and for uh people shooting i never in a million years would have gotten out of the fifth grade 
and I barely did get out of the fifth grade. But I will tell you that metrics are essential, important, and, and a big part of what baseball is all about right now. Very little to do with, the, uh, with getting the, uh, the lineup out that day other than paying attention to those numbers and then writing out the lineup as you best know it as a manager. Sorry, uh, don't need 10 people in there to, to get that done. It involves managing personalities, egos, being the spokesman for an organization as often as the media is involved, managing social media hurdles which come along the way. Bruce, i got to ask, though, since you opened the door, what was your favorite baseball card as a kid? Everyone had one. I had thousands, but I do have one that stuck out, stuck, sticks out to me in my memory. What, what about you? Well, the 56 top set was by far, in my mind, the best baseball card set ever made. Okay, and why do I say that? Because um, it, was, it was the first set that I remember collecting uh, myself. I think I had some 55 cards. Uh, that my mom and dad picked up for me. But the 56 set was the first one I remember actively collecting. And it had a picture of the player, and it also had an action scene of the player on the card. It was so good that I think in about 19, early 1990s, they they did a revamp of that as the the set for Tops that year because That's it was awesome. so good. But uh, the mantle card uh, stuck with me, the 56 mantle, because he had that great year. He won the triple crown that year. But also it had a picture of him uh, jumping up over, it looked like Comiskey Park's uh, center field bullpen because it was 415 and it was only about five and a half, six feet high, uh, jumping up and, and making a catch. So to me, that one has always stuck with me as, the, the, the one and the most important baseball card. I'm not sure what year it was because we had a lot of old cards that we either inherited or got from Fred. I don't quite know the origin. But Vita Blue had a baseball card, the old A's lefty. And he was waving to the camera. He had a peace sign to the camera. And that was like my favorite card. It was also my brother's favorite card. We kind of shared the collection and I made the mistake one day, Bruce, of trading that card for a Pete Rose with one of my good friends. My brother was furious. My older brother was furious about that. I had to go back like a bad general manager making a terribly dumb trade and skulk back to my friend and overpay to get the Vita Blue card back because that was the, my favorite card, his favorite card, and one we still have. That, that deal would be called... The baseball card to be named later. That would okay. be it. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it was. But you know, it's so, it's so much fun. You know, as you like you said, you open. I opened the door and you kicked it in with baseball card talk off of this chin music. But it's awesome. Uh, but that that's the fun of uh, sports. That's the fun of baseball. That's the fun of thinking back to, to your collection. That's uh, that's what makes you fans. Makes your kids fans. And you know what you know, push your father and your grandfather forward is, you know, the idea of, you know, something memorable that sticks out to you and, and keeps you coming back for more. Absolutely the truth. I love the baseball cards. And somewhere uh, in, in my basement, there are boxes full of them, still thousands that uh, are, are fun to reminisce about. Let's go quickly to the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. George is in River Grove. George, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, George. 
Hello, good Jim. morning. How are you? Good. We, we want to know what your fa- favorite baseball card was, George. Duke Snyder. My mom grew up in Brooklyn. She was a Dodger fan. Uh, I got a question for you. Okay. From 50 to 59, the 1950s, the golden age of baseball, there were three center fielders in New York, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, and Duke Snyder. Who had the most home runs from 50 to 59? Snyder. 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 Absolutely. Very good. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's, that's a up. great question because you got you got Mays who hit 660 and Mantle who hit 536, and, and Duke was uh, in the 400s. Nothing, nothing too shabby, but sorry. Four oh seven. Yeah, four oh seven. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's. Go ahead, George. I beg you to let me rant for one minute, okay? Because I want to say some things that you're not going to like. I'm not going to swear, but you're not going to like them. And every time I start in, no matter who I'm on, whenever I'm on the air, everyone starts talking over me and they dump me. I beg Go you. Go 30 to let seconds, George. We got time to kill, or we don't have a lot of time to kill. Go ahead. All right. Number one. Five years ago, I got on the air and I said, I, I will never see the White Sox in the World Series. That was five years ago. Here, here we are five years later, and, you know, I'm an old part, and I still have no expectations that the White Sox will end up in, in the World Series. Now, here's why. Number one, they never got the memo that. Uh, they're not anywhere near so slick as they think they are. They got too many players that, that are constantly hacking at pitches they can't hit. They never got the memo that your best effort is required at all times. Okay? And that's a culture. And the manager that comes down from the manager, and when you let guys slide, I, you watch these playoff teams play, man. These guys are intense. There's intensity. There's focus. There's discipline. The White Sox, and and that comes from the manager. That comes from the, the general manager who picks the people to 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 mold these players. And they're they're just they're all crapping out. I... Thanks, George. Oh, Appreciate the phone call. Wow, you with dumped the sound him, David. David, I didn't dump him. him. I wow. didn't dump him, Bruce. Come on, I I don't have the power George or access has, to do that. George has his consecutive streak going still at uh, dumped 50 <laughs> well, straight times. It's, it's, maybe it was a sound effect. I mean, callers shouldn't come with their own sound effect. What was that? I mean, it, I understand the frustration. It's palpable, Bruce. It is palpable. And that's what the White Sox have to do in hiring this next manager. Keep that in mind. Stop canceling Sox Fest. Hire the right manager. I mean, come on. All right. Well, you know what? There is also good news here on the score this afternoon and into tonight. Zach Levine will be making his season debut for the Bulls. And the Bulls are at home against the Cavaliers. And Zach Levine will be on the court, presumably, according to reports. And that pregame show will be right here, 645. Chuck and Bill, and along with Alyssa Bergamini with Courtside Odds, 645 here on the score. And Bruce, we will be back to wrap up another Special episode of Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio, 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook.
Welcome back. David Hall, Bruce Levine, final segment inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. Thank you, Fox Sports, for that highlight. Six years ago today, six years ago tonight, Bruce, the Cubs won the pennant. Doesn't seem like that long ago, and yet it seems like eons, ages ago. And I do maintain this. Who the Sox, who the Sox hire as their next manager could determine which team in town is closest to getting back to the World Series. They could be not that far away with the right move, or they could take a step backward or run in place with the wrong one, and the Cubs could have a big offseason. Is, uh, is that something you agree or disagree with? Yeah, I, I think you're right. But, um, I, I, you know, as much as people are concerned about the White Sox offense, I, I'm more concerned with their pitching. I really am. Because I, I don't see – I don't see any length uh, beyond 2023 with their pitching staff, David. I mean, you got you, you have a situation where you have Lance Lynn in the last year of a contract, right? Coming off of another an injury plague season, he was injured uh, the second half of uh, 2021 as well. You have Lucas Giolito, who is one of the great enigmas of uh, of pitching for the Chicago White Sox in history. I mean, if you could tell me or project what what his career is going to look like going forward, I am all ears. I have no idea, after watching him struggle for most of 2022, who Lucas Giolito is any longer. And I'm sure the White Sox have those same question marks after you remember them tussling with him about uh, the arbitration figure last year and going up and back whether he was worth $7.8 million or not. Um, you know, side with the White Sox right now. G- Lucas Giolito is one of my favorite people in, in sports. Terrific guy. So articulate. Uh, so cooperative. You want him to do well. But I have no idea who he is going forward. And I, I don't I, know, I don't know much about that pitching staff. Yeah. That, that's a really good point, Bruce. And I do think it underscores the challenge in kind of adding or supplementing th- to this roster uh, is greater than maybe hiring the right manager. I guess it just reinforced to me thinking about what we talked about coming into the show in clarifying, you know, the Ozzie Guillen situation that he's going to talk to the White Sox. He knows this team. And you saying that you're not interested in seeing them go in a direction where you're kind of getting to know you type of a year. You you think this roster could be potentially ready to win now. And if you hire somebody without experience, you're not exactly making that statement emphatically. Right. You might hire the right baseball guy, but he might be the wrong guy for right now. Uh, yes. David, I have some update on um, Sox Fest. The White Sox, according to my sources, are really concerned about the COVID situation going into late January and putting fans and players in possible situations weeks before spring training. Uh, obviously, no one knows what uh, the winner will bring, but um, you know the Sox have had a lot of success in their mind of being conservative with their approach toward health. And I think this is the underlying factor. Uh, the The source also said, David, it has very, it has nothing to do with Rick's annual session on Friday night with the fans. Okay. <laughs> That's nice that that was added. I do good, wish good that if COVID were uh, the, the primary concern, that that would have been stated. And I think a lot of people might have yeah. been a little bit more understanding uh, if that was, uh, you know, the, the reason for canceling something that gives the fans a, an opportunity to kind of interact with this team. But that wasn't necessarily yeah. mentioned, if I, unless I missed it, Bruce. 
No, it wasn't mentioned, but it, but it's you know from from a, a White Sox source, you know they confirm that that's one of the major issues. It's not the only one, but sure. you know as time goes on, maybe we'll hear a, a few of the other uh, ideas. I don't know if uh, <clears throat> canceling hotels and reservations uh, at the last minute and whether hotels hesitated or not. Don't know about that since uh, there hasn't been a Sox Fest for a few years now. So. Well, we'll continue to, to, to work that front because it's really important to the fan base. The White Sox know it, and I think that's that's the last thing they really wanted to do because they're not stupid. They may be a lot of things. They're really not stupid. And the next announcement I want to hear from the White Sox is the White Sox hire Ozzie Guillen as their next manager. We might hear that, and then again, we might be uh, – I, I think the, the best role for Ozzie would be that he becomes the White Sox manager – but he continues to be able to do the post-game show on television afterwards, okay? <laughs> so that would be all-time, all-time hey, numbers, hey, uh, you know, yeah. watching Ozzy manage the game and then the next hour sitting there with Chuck uh, Garfine and uh, talking about the game. And Wednesdays at 7.20 on the Mullion Haw Show, that's got to be a staple as well, Bruce. As long as he maintains those responsibilities, everyone will be happy and this was a happy show. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for setting everything up, Bruce. We have people to thank. We do. Uh, Jim Hendry, the special assistant to Brian Cashman of the Yankees, joining us as well as Coom, Ron Coomer, outstanding Sean Sears, did a terrific job for us. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website at 670thescore.com. David, have a terrific week. Can't wait to get back here, watch more playoffs, and talk a little bit more Cubs and Sox next week. Look forward to it, Bruce. Thank you for all your efforts and great insight again on the, today's show. You want to stay right here on the score. Steve Rosenblum is next. Also, at 4 o'clock, Dan Bernstein, a rare appearance at the United Center Bulls pregame, taking you up to 645. That is when Chuck and Bill and Alyssa Bergamini will be there for the, the Bulls pregame show. And Zach Levine makes his season debut tonight at the United Center Bulls and Cavs right here on The Score. Thank you for listening. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh.
O'Reilly.